Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord, pregnant with power, pregnant with power. If I can draw your attention to verses number 20 uh, towards the end and uh, at the very end of it in verse 38 and, and verse 37 says, for nothing is impossible with God. And I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it to be as you as you have said. Then the angel left her. And then verse 45 says, blessed is she who has believed that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. Happy Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. Mother's Day, they say, is one of the most well-attended church days of the year. One of the, the days in which the most folk come to church is on Mother's Day, and that's a good thing because if you think about it, this particular story, Christianity, the idea of Christ, the idea of all that we have right now, all that we receive, all that we get from God and church and Christ and salvation, the introduction of this awesome thing called Christianity started with two women. I know in a Bible where we, we talk so much about men and are so serious about men and so think men is what it's all about and praise God for that, but <laughs> there, there would be no Jesus without mamas. No mamas, no Jesus. No mamas, no John the Baptist. This idea of Christianity, this wonderful, blessed thing that we receive as a result of Christ and being united with Christ, this started with two women saying yes to God. This started with two women deciding, all right, even though it's against the odds, I'm going to say yes to the Lord. And I want to take a look at them and really analyze them because most of the time when we look at the Bible, most of the time when we look at Scripture and we are connecting and relating, we are relating mostly and we mostly use men as something for us to look at and think about but I would contend that today on Mother's Day, we have an example here of two women for all of us, every one of us, male and female, because all of us in here should be trying to be pregnant with something. I know we don't really like to think about it that much, but the truth of the matter is you can't be somebody's mama in the natural without getting pregnant first. 
And the process of getting pregnant is not something we necessarily like to think about with our mama. We like to think about our mama as somebody really holy and somebody who is, has a prayer life and somebody who says, Jesus, 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 Jesus. And that may be true, but the way your mama got to be a mama is after saying, Jesus, Jesus, she also said, mm-hmm, your daddy, whoever he is, wherever he is, rolled on your mom and said, girl, what up? And your mom said, what up, boy? And nine months later, you got here. That moms are this amazing mix of faith and prayer and loving God at the same time. Moms have to deal with real life. Moms got to deal with pee and diapers and boogies, oh help us, and, and crying and food and mess and belts. Your mama had to pray for you and beat you in the same day. Your mama had to beat you and then forgive you. Your mama had to feed you after she didn't want to see you no more. Your mama had to slip up to that school, apologize to your teacher and your principal, and take you home with her even though she kind of wanted to kill you. Your mama wasn't just saved for her. She was saved to not kill you. And when God decided to change the world, when God looked at the Old Testament and the way stuff was done and the way that worship took place and the way the sacrifice took place, and when God looked and said, this system is all right, it has laid the example, but it is now time to change the worship system. It's time to make it so that it's not a priest in between you and somebody. Now the dwelling of God will be with men. And the Lord decides, I want the veil in the temple to be rent in two. And I, I don't want people to just see me as a distant thing. I don't want people to only think I'm in the temple or only in the most holy of holies. Praise God for the Ark of the Covenant, but I don't want anybody to think that an Ark can really hold me. I don't want people to think that the only way for them to be in contact with me is if they get up and go down to the church and deal with the priest and deal with someone. That system has worked for a bit, but it's laid an example, but now God is saying, I want to make it so that people can know me for themselves. And people can have their own prayer life, and folk can know me for no longer will they have to say, this one know him and this one know him, because I'm going to forgive their sin. I'm going to remember their wickedness no more. The Lord says, I want to create a process in which your sins can be atoned for. I want to make a process in which you can say, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And in the determination to change the system, in the determination for us to be children of God, in determination for us 
to find a way to love God and know God like never before, God decides to go to women to birth somebodies to change the system. I know there's a whole lot of conjecture and a whole lot of argument and a whole lot of discussion about what is a woman and what's not a woman. And folk want to decide now that they can be a woman no matter what they was born, who they, what they started out. Uh-huh, amen. The truth of the matter is that every single solitary person in this room got here through the legs of a woman. Not nobody in here got here without a woman's body. And when the Lord decided, he could have did whatever he wanted. He could have fashioned somebody out of dirt. But when the Lord decided, hey, I'm about to change the system, what he did was he said, first of all, I got to find some women that will say yes to me so I can use them to birth something into the earth. And they're an example to all of us because God is looking for somebody that will say yes to him so that he can birth something into the earth through them. It's not just women. Gentlemen, us too. God is looking for us to say yes so that he can impregnate us with something from the Holy Ghost and we can birth something into the world that changes the system. The greatest call is not just to get around here just enough to get a blessing. The greatest call is to spend enough time with him and to be around him enough and get intimate with God enough and close enough to him and close enough to the word and worship and praise him enough so that he can actually impregnate you with something that's not you. Mostly what we want God to do is bless all the stuff that's us. We do all kinds of stuff and we live all kinds of lives and we come to Jesus just as we are. Praise God for that. With all of the stuff that we made and all of the stuff that we had and all the stuff that we wanted and mostly we want God to bless that stuff. We kind of ask him if it's his will, but mostly we want him to bless our money and bless our car and bless our business and bless our house and bless our children and bless us and bless me, 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 and my, 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 and what I have. And me too. But at some point, when you really become intimate with God, God will impregnate you with something that is not you. God will knock you up. Help us, Holy Ghost. You spend enough time with him. You spend enough intimate time with him. He'll give you something that isn't necessarily for you or about you. In a way, it'll almost cause a problem for you. God decides to send Jesus through a woman who is a virgin betrothed to a man, this potentially 
could be a problem for her. As a matter of fact, when she comes up pregnant and Joseph says, what's this about? And she said, it was the Holy Ghost. Joseph said, yeah, right, <laughs> Holy Ghost, thank you, and decided to divorce her quietly. The same angel had to go to Joseph and say, yo, Joe, slow your roll. This really is the Holy Ghost. What I'm saying is, is it wasn't necessarily Mary's idea to get pregnant at this moment. It wasn't really a convenient time for her to show up pregnant. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. Because most women who get pregnant don't get pregnant at a convenient time. I can't get no amens in here. You might act like you were planned, but most of us in here what got here on accident. God decided to send you, and your mama decided to have you, and God sent you for a purpose, but most of us got here and caught somebody off guard. I can't get no witness in here. A lot of us got here, and when our mamas found out we were coming, they were stressed out. Okay, what happens? You don't have to say amen. Stressed out, upset, and wondering what is going on, and was praying that the test was wrong. You ain't got to say amen. And was thinking to themselves, well, maybe, and I ain't telling nobody till month four, because you never know what might happen. There's a whole lot of us who got here like that. I wish I had a witness in the building. You might want to act like you were perfect. Most of us got here at the wrong time for our mama. My mama was barely 21 when she had me. And so yeah, for, for Mary to be impregnated and, and even Elizabeth, Elizabeth and Mary, and I just want to take a minute just to talk about them for just a second, because really, all of this, it starts with Elizabeth. And Elizabeth is a daughter of a Levite, married to a Levite who lives in Judah. So the Levites are priests. So Elizabeth is of the line of the priesthood, married to a priest who serves God and lives in Judah. Elizabeth is a faithful priest person who lives in Judah, and Judah is praise. So she's a faithful woman who has served the Lord, but she still is she's living in Judah. So even though she's priest and even though she's faithful, it has not stopped her from living in Judah, and Judah is a praise place. And so Elizabeth is a faithful church woman who knows how to praise. She serves God, and she serves the people, and her husband serves the people. She is the quintessential church woman. But she's barren. So Elizabeth is somebody who, even though she's faithful, 
even though she serves other people, even though she lays hands, her hands on other people and prays for other people and believes God for other people, she has something that she has never received from the Lord. She is still faithful to God even though all of her desires aren't met. I don't know who I'm talking She decide, She is still sa saving, serving. She still goes to church. She's still there. She's still consistent. She still prays. And she's a part of praying for other people. Her husband, Zacharias, is faithful. He serves. And they are faithful to God even though they themselves are childless. She's barren, and she's older. She's experienced. She's seen some things. Her barrenness is a cause of shame for her. So that means that she's a part of the kingdom of God, but still has some reproach and still has some shame on her she still looked down on a little bit, and she's still faithful in spite of it. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I don't know if you've ever been in that situation where you still have to be faithful and still have to serve and still have to praise and still have to holler, even though deep down on the inside of you, there's something you want from the Lord that ain't happened for you. And it hadn't happened for a while, and you've gotten older, and you got to the place where pretty much you settled that you were never going to have what it was that you thought you wanted from the Lord. You just decided, well, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, and I am going to love God regardless, and I'm not going to allow my personal circumstances to stop me from being in a relationship with God, and I'm still going to go to church, and and I'm still going to serve, and I'm still going to be faithful, and I'm still going to do the right thing, and I'm still going to smile at other people, and I'm still going to tell other people God can do it, and God can make a way, even though deep down on the inside there's something that I want. Oh, I wish I had. Even though on the inside there's something that I want that God has never done for me, and it's been a long time. As a matter of fact, I'm so old now that what I thought I wanted, I'm not even sure, and I've decided I'm going to love the Lord no matter what. I'm going to love him regardless. I'm going to be with him no matter what. I pretty much have accepted that I'm probably never going to have this thing, but I'm going to love God anyhow. And right at the moment when she and her husband basically have figured that it's over, Gabriel shows up and says, guess what? Your prayers have been heard. I'm stretching that and speaking that over every church somebody, everybody that's faithful. The Lord Gabriel comes to Zacharias and says, your prayer has been answered. God has heard your prayer. You about to have a son. Zacharias don't believe. And the angel Gabriel, if you know the story, shuts his mouth so he can't speak. So, beloved ladies, in this story here, in a world where the guys get all the play and the guys are the heroes, Zacharias, who's the priest, has such a bad attitude about the miracle power of God that the Lord shuts his mouth. And Elizabeth is the one 
Who says, you got it, whatever it is. You said it. And the Lord says, okay, good. I'm going to bring a child through you. Elizabeth says, you go right on and do what you think you want to do. Zacharias didn't believe what the angel said, but it sure didn't keep him from going home and rolling on Elizabeth. But we'll just move on from there. And then Elizabeth ends up pregnant. Who was barren ended up with child. I rebuke whatever barren area is in your life on Mother's Day. Whatever area seems like it's dry and it won't produce, whether it's your business, your money, your career, your relationship, your womb, whatever it may be, may you stay faithful and God's make a miracle happen in your life that breaks that barrenness off you. And may you end up pregnant with power. Gabriel shows up and puts a prophet in the belly of a priest who knows how to praise. This was a different kind of church. People be screaming. But, but Gabriel shows up and says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a prophet in the belly of a priest who still is serving and is faithful and is praising in spite of the fact that it looks like it will never happen for her but I'm going to put a prophet in your belly. Now Mary, Mary, while Elizabeth is the daughter of a Levite and married to a Levite who lives in Judah, Mary is of the Davidic line. Mary is of the line of David. She is engaged to Joseph, who is the, of the line of David. So, while Elizabeth is born in a priest's house and marries a priest and learns priestly duties and how to do priest and church stuff, Mary is, bar, is born into a world and a home in which there's an expectation that maybe the next king may come from her line. And so Mary is raised to be kingly. Joseph is raised to be kingly. Joseph is of the line of David. Joseph is raised in such a way, and Mary is raised in such a way, so that if the change happens, and the Romans are defeated, and they decide that the current king is not adequate, it may just be possible that Joseph and Mary could be king and queen. This is why Herod sends out soldiers to try to kill the baby. He says to the wise men, when you find out where he is, come back and tell me so I can worship him. They go another way. So Herod don't know who it is. So now Herod sends soldiers into the area to kill every male two years and younger because Herod, who is king, does not want competition from somebody that actually has a right to the throne. 
my Lord. I hope this ain't right over your head. But what I'm trying to get you to understand is that if they told you that the anointing and the presence and the power of God is only for you to be in the church and only for you to do church stuff and only for you to be in the priest's house and only for you to serve the people of God and God only anoints you if you are a priest, they told you wrong. The truth of the matter is that there's an anointing to be priest and there's also an anointing to be king. There is an anointing for you to be queen. Mary was raised knowing how to make money, make money. Mary was raised knowing how to solve problems. That's why they came to Mary when they ran out of wine. They came to Mary when they ran out of wine because Mary has been raised to make stuff make sense. Mary has been raised to have solutions. Mary has been raised to figure out how to make money make money. Mary has been raised to be a Proverbs 31 woman. Mary has been raised to understand her family's assets and to manage it and to make it be even more. And I think they got the story wrong, quite honestly. It's not my point. But I don't think, I think what happened is that they're at the feast. They're at the wedding. It's the first miracle. They're at the wedding, and they run out of wine. It's probably family. Jesus is there just to be at the party. I know that's really hard for us to believe that Jesus would just be at a party, but he was. Half the problem the Pharisees and Sadducees had with him was that Jesus was comfortable at parties. Somebody said, like, don't say this, Pastor Andy. <laughs> Jesus ate with publicans. Jesus ate with sinners. Jesus offered to go to the centurion's house because he's like, you ain't got nothing going on there that's going to shake me because I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. I'm the first and the last. And don't nothing y'all do can bother me that much. So Jesus is at the party. He's not there to do any great work. He's there just to be at the party of the family. And he's there chilling. And he sees Mary. I know the way you read the story is they, they're out of wine. And then Mary goes to Jesus and she says, they're out of wine. And Jesus says, why are you bothering me, woman? And then she goes to the servant and says, Does, do whatever he said. Like she got the mama power to make Jesus do a miracle, even though he might not want to do. What kind of mama, what kind of relationship is, see, it's because we have such a problem with the humanity of Christ. See, I don't think that's what happened at all. I think Jesus is there at the party. I think folks are doing the electric slide. And I, th I think folks are doing their thing. And he sees Mary over here tripping like, oh, trying to figure out. And I think Jesus said, what's wrong? What's bothering you? I don't think he was like, why are you bothering me? I think he said, what's bothering you? And she said, oh, they're out of wine. And I think in that moment, Jesus gave her a look like a son can give to his mama. He gave her a little nod like, 
I got this. And she said, thank you, Jesus. You may not come when I want you, but you always ride on time. And then she went to the servant and says, do whatever he says. And Jesus said, y'all keep the parties going. And then the wine they made was the best wine ever. Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. Master tasted it and said, man, y'all usually save the best wine for the beginning. And then after everybody's drunk, I know I'm just preaching just horrible on Mother's Day. But after everybody's drunk, then you give them the best wine. But golly, I ain't tasted wine like this ever in my life. Y'all saved the best wine for last. And all you wine drinkers in here know the ones who are being quiet because uh, you scared somebody going to know uh, what's on top of your refrigerator. Uh, but if you drink a wine, you know the better and the sweeter the wine, the more you drink and the more you get tore up because you didn't even know you was getting tore up because of tasted so good. See how it got quiet? It's all right. It's all right. What I'm saying to you is, while Elizabeth is in the priesthood, Mary is in the royal line, patrolled to someone from the kingly line. We need them both. We need the priesthood and the palace. Beloved, in this room, and everybody watching me, especially black people, everybody's in black, but black people, we don't just need priests and bishops. We need kings and queens. Oh, I speak it over this room. I need you to make money. Oh, my God. I need you to be rich. I need you to be blessed coming and going. I need you to have so many opportunities, you don't know what you're going to do with them. I need them to call you into the office tomorrow and offer you a, a promotion you don't know if you can handle. I need God to triple you. I need God to multiply you. I don't need another preacher. I need somebody with some money. The minute you a man at church, they try to robe you up in clergy stuff. Most of the men who have gotten a prophetic word that they're supposed to be in the pulpit were prophesied to. Why they only have 10 people? Because the call isn't really for the priesthood. The call is for the palace. Can I call you to the palace, please? Can I anoint you for the palace, please? Can I speak money over you, please? I was in Chicago last week preaching in a church of, a, of a, basically a son in the ministry, and I'm doing some consulting work. I'm traveling a lot, and I was there preaching in a church that probably sat 150 people, 175 seats, probably 150 people, and I was sitting there, Manny's here wrecking the church, and I'm in a room that seats 175 with probably about 150 people in it, and I, for a minute, I sat on the front row and thought, Lord, was this the best use of my Sunday? Is this what you really wanted me to do? But then I heard a voice say, but aren't you just glad you're breathing, and aren't you just glad you're alive? 
alive. And didn't you have COVID? And aren't you glad now your breath works? And aren't you glad that you clothed in your right mind? And isn't it just a miracle that you're still here? And are you trying to tell me you can't stand up in front of 150 people and praise God like he's worthy in spite of what it is? You might be feeling a little too good about yourself. And on the front row, I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And I got up and preached to 150 people like it was 15,000 people. I preached better there than I'm preaching here this morning. I preached like I was grateful that I was even alive. I need a witness in the building. I gave it my best. You give it your best no matter what it look like. I'm saying, you give it your best no matter who's watching. You don't despise humble beginnings. You don't know what God is about to do. You don't know what door God is about to open. You have no idea. This is not the time to take it easy because it don't look like you want it to look. And after I preached and hollered and lost my voice and sweated and then took up an offering and raised money and then went to the back and was changing out of my wet clothes, somebody came up to me and said, Chance the Rapper was in this service. See, you don't know who's watching. Okay, I'm just going to leave. Maybe y'all don't know who Chance the Rapper is, but Chance the Rapper is a rapper. And I ended up getting an opportunity to pray for him. I ended up getting opportunity to say a word to him and his younger brother, Taylor Bennett, who's actually on their way somewhere. And I got a chance to say something to them. And let me tell you what I said to them. I've said it here, and I'm going to say it again. I said to them, it's the lesson of the chessboard. When you look at the chessboard, understand the lesson. Gentlemen, on Mother's Day, understand the lesson. Ladies, on Mother's Day, understand the lesson. At the back row, at the back, there are the rooks. The rooks represent your castles. It's your land. It's your property. Got to be about land and property. You got to be. One of the main things they kept from us, black people, is the right to own land and the right to own our own property. And we own land and property, and you should not rest until you own your own land and your own property. So you go from the rooks. The next thing in is the knights. That's your soldiers, that's your army, that's your power, that's your weapons. The next thing in is the bishops. And the bishops is, like, is where they like to stop us. So that we feel best if we're robed in purple with a gold chain across us. And we think that the highest office is to be called bishop. But there's another step inside, beloved. And the next step inside is king and queen. And king and queen is money and business and power and influence. And I speak that over your life right now. And if your mama was the most faithful servant bishop in there, the next step for you is not to stay there in the priesthood. The next step for you is to go from rook to king, knight to bishop to king and queen. Oh, I speak it, I speak it, I speak it. The next step is not for you to stay broke like they stayed in the church. That's all they offered them. That's all they allowed them to. They made them think that the pageantry and the beauty of the church is the highest thing that they could reach. 
I would contend that there's a next level calling and that next level calling is for you to have money and for you to have influence and for you to own your own business and for you to have power and for you to have responsibility of your people. I'm going to speak it over whoever wants to receive it. And that's what I said to Chance the Rapper. I told Chance the Rapper and his brother, it's nothing wrong with being king if you accept the anointing to be king and allow God to use you. Ain't nobody trying to pull you back into the church. There's favor on you for that. And you need to accept that it's the anointing of God on your life. And whatever you're doing in this room that makes you money, I want you to know there's favor on you for it. I speak it. May you be pregnant with power. While Elizabeth was raised to serve the Lord, Mary was raised to serve the king. Elizabeth was raised to understand the people. Mary was raised to understand money and power. Elizabeth gave birth to a prophet. Elizabeth gave birth to a prophet. But Mary gave birth to the king of kings. Oh, my God. The Lord decided to send Jesus, the king of kings, through a king. So, as I close, let me speak a power pregnancy blessing over everybody under the sound of my voice. I want you to raise your hands for just a minute in the room and around the world. I want you to receive that God will impregnate you with power. May God fill you with something that blows your mind. May God's anointing rest on you and may God put his power on you whether you're experienced and old or brand new and young. May God bless you amongst women. No, I'm speaking it. I'm speaking it. It's a comparative blessing. It's not just bless you. It's bless you more than everybody around you. May the blessing of God be on you. And may a king and queen anointing rest on you. May you strive for more than the priesthood. May the anointing of God touch everything you put your hand to do. Don't you ever feel like the only way God will bless you is in the church. I'm praying right now that God will bless you in the marketplace. I'm praying that God will bless you in the field. I'm praying that God will bless you in the hospital. God will bless you in the business. God will bless you in the legal firm. God will bless you in the political realm. God will bless you in the music industry. God will bless everything in the educational world. That God will bless you in the entertainment world. That God will bless you in the marketing world. That whatever you put your hand to do, God will prosper you. May you be impregnated with power on Mother's Day. And may it be unto you as you believe. And as Elizabeth said, blessed is she who believed, for there will be fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. I speak fulfillment of God's promises over everybody under the sound of my voice. 
everyone in the room and everyone watching around the world, God, make a way for us on Mother's Day. Impregnate us with power. And we'll praise you for what you do and say. You're worthy in Jesus' name. If you receive that, can you put your hands together right now and receive that? No, I'm saying if you receive it, can you put your hands together? Can you praise God in advance? No, I'm saying if you receive it, can you praise God in advance? No, I'm saying if you receive it, can you say, yes, Lord, yes. I believe in you for a door to open. Lord, I believe in for a way to be made. Lord, I believe in I'm about to get a new contract. Lord, I believe in I'm about to break the bank. They about to break my cash app. Well, I speak it over your life. I speak inheritances. I speak witty inventions. Every time I get in an Uber, I say the devil is a liar. I pray for the Lord to give you an idea. What a brilliant idea Uber was. I think, my God, can you bless us with an idea? Can you use us for your glory? Can you sit down for just a second? Can I get you to give before we go? It's Mother's Day. Can I get you to give? Can I get you to give to the building fund? I know we paid our tithes, and I know that we gave our, our tithes, but this is our offering. This is our offering. And we've made pledges, and, and, and we're still making pledges, and we're giving to the work of the kingdom of God. We are on our way to this new building we are supposed to be breaking ground in about three to four months. And uh, right around the fall, we're supposed to be breaking ground. And we're supposed to have some more final meetings this, past, this week. And it looks like we're on schedule, and I'm excited about it. But we're going to need you to be faithful to give to the work of the kingdom of God. And if anybody ought to know how to give, it's a mama. Because mamas give. That's what mamas do. Mamas give. Because your baby just takes. If you are in this room and you've lived long enough and your children are old enough in which they're actually giving something to you, that's pretty amazing. But most mamas who are watching and most mamas in this room, your baby ain't thinking about you. I wish I had a witness in the building. Ain't nobody heathen like somebody four. <laughs> somebody four is a heathen. Nobody got to teach them how to be a heathen. It's okay. You don't have to say amen. Nobody got to teach them how to lie. You got to teach them how to do right. Doing wrong is what they born to do. And they don't care. They don't care if you're tired. They don't care if you had a long day. They don't care if your heart, they don't care if your feet hurt. They don't care. They want what they want. They only take. Beloved, we have to be careful that we're not so busy being the children of God that we fail to be mamas in Zion. Mothers give. The reason why we're giving is because we're trying to get to this new place and this room has been okay it's been good we've grown but we are at a place in which we've capped out on the capacity of what we can do in this space at this point now the negatives outweigh the positives of the space 
from the parking issues to the signage to just all of it, the building's not doing well and stuff ain't working and the roof is leaking and this stuff is not. And we're just at a point now where we're like, yeah, it's time for us to go. God has given us this. We, we purchased this land. We have a plan. And it's going to be the new worship center for world overcomers. And we, are, we have a year and a half left on this lease. And I am determined that we are up out of here. I'm going to make everybody wave or clap or something. We got to get up out of here. We have been here long enough. And it's time. And I need you to give. You can take a picture of that QR, QR code, everything that you're giving in this offering is going to go towards, towards uh, Victory Park and, and our new church and our state-of-the-art worship center. It's going to be a global worship center. We're going to have a, an, an amazing children's ministry space there. We've totally reevaluated the drawings and our children's ministry space is going to be second to none. And, uh, and just as folks have come and copied our children's ministry space, wait till they see this next space we have, what we're going to do for kids and children. And uh, I want, uh, my idea of children's ministry is that it just ought to be a whole lot of fun. I really don't care if your child gets full of the Holy Ghost in children's church. I really don't care. Do you know why I don't care? I don't care because... No matter how saved they get at eight or seven or nine, when puberty hits you, it erases your disc. Oh, I can't get no amen on that one. <laughs> and then you really need to get saved then. That's why I don't baptize babies because nobody need to put that little baby body in no water. What we need to put in water is the body that got hair on it. Oh, I don't, I need a witness in the building. We need to put that body in water that's looking at women like, yo, what up? We need to put that body in water that's looking at boys. That's the body that we need to hold under the water for a little while. Anyway, what I'm saying is, is we're going to have a children's ministry and youth ministry, all of it in this new space. And everything that you give is going towards us being determined to be used by God. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you. Doing the best I can to serve your people, to present them the word. Thank you, Lord God, for this awesome day, this Mother's Day. Thank you for all these mothers. Thank you for all the single mothers that we, that, we, that we prayed for. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to give and sow into the work of the kingdom of God. And I'm asking you, Lord God, to multiply this offering. The way that you're going to multiply it is you're going to multiply us. Multiply your people. Multiply every business owner, male and female, every king, every queen. Give us property. Give us wealth so that we can be generous on every occasion. Take us to a higher place in you, and we'll praise you for what you do and say. You're worthy. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. God bless you as you give. Thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for your generosity. Beloved, you know what's going to happen by us coming together. It's going to happen by us coming together. going to happen by us being faithful. It's going to be happen by us serving the Lord. 
making a pledge and giving. I was having a conversation with a, a, a pastor who I'm, I know, and, you know, and not, no shade, man, but he was a white pastor. And because, uh, you know, we're cool, white pastors. It was great. It was, it was a good conversation. And he was telling me how he has these, this lunch that he does with these nine millionaires in his church. And not everybody's allowed to go, actually. So he picked these nine millionaires to go to lunch with him. And he has lunch with them on a regular basis. And, you know, that's how he gets, he wants to really get something done major. That's, you know, he just talks to them. And then, and I, and I just sat there and I thought, yeah, that's, that's really awesome. That's really incredible. It's really amazing. But, but we, 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 black, we black people. It's going to take, I, I've never had one person give me a million dollars. And I'm not saying I won't take it. But just like one person can give you a million dollars, a million people can give you one dollar. Oh, can I get a witness in the building? <laughs> I'm not trying to throw any shade. I'm just trying to say it's going to take us coming together. Will you stand to your feet? Let me pray for you. Let you go. Just keep talking. I'll get in trouble. Next Sunday, I'll be here. and I'm starting a new series called Money Train. I'm uh, going to be talking about how to make more money and how to be more blessed and how for you to be kings and queens. And I'm praying God's blessing over your life. We have this whole away plan idea thing that we're doing for the 4th of July weekend. So I don't know if you saw an announcement about that, but 4th of July weekend, we're actually going to do our Sunday morning service in Charlotte. And uh, we won't have service live here. We will stream it from Charlotte. You can still come here and watch it if you'd like. Or you can go with us to Charlotte and be in this service with us and spend the night on Saturday night. And just we're going to have like a party Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, we're actually going to have a service in Charlotte and a World Overcomer Charlotte experience. Let people in Charlotte that you may know know that we're coming. And we're going to have a Sunday morning service there. And we're going to stream the service from there. It's, I'm calling it the away game. God gave me this idea of having an away game. So this is a home game. But I, I, I felt like we could do it another place. Amen. And so I just, we're going to see how it goes. And and, uh, and so I just want you to put that bug in your ear, 4th of July weekend. Maybe you can come to Charlotte with us and we're going to have a time. And of course, we're announcing it in Charlotte. We put it on TV and all of that stuff. But, uh, but I wanted to put that bug in your ear. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you. Thank you for your, your word. To lamp unto our feet and align into our pathway. Thank you for the praise and the worship and the song. Thank you for the single mamas that we bless. Thank you for all the mothers that are with us. Thank you for all of our moms. Thank you for Elizabeth and Mary saying yes to you and you birthing John the Baptist and Jesus Christ into the world to change the way we worship. God, we pray that you dismiss us from this place, but never from your presence. Cover us with your blood as we honor our moms, as we take them out to dinner and lunch, and 
spend time with them and give them flowers. Lord, may they understand that in you they live and move and have their being. Thank you for everyone in the room. Thank you for everyone watching around the world. Have your way in us. God, as we always pray, bless your people. Make your face shine upon your people. Be gracious to your people of the priestly line, of the kingly line of David. May we be used by you. Let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. For God, you're our rock and our redeemer. We love you in Jesus' name. We all sit together. Amen. God bless you.